Welcome to podcast number 69 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We have been in a series for a number of weeks and even months dealing with our finances. It's hard to imagine that we've gone all the way to episode number 69 with only one minor stop to discuss another topic several months ago. So today, I want to kind of wrap up this series on prosperity with a message that I've entitled, Generosity, Our Legacy of Prosperity. It's one thing to prosper financially, and it's another thing to have a legacy of prosperity that blessed others, where people looked at us as someone who was willing to share the financial blessing that was provided to them from their God. Before we get started, let's just have a quick prayer. Father, once again, I thank you for the opportunity to bring this message to so many, Father, who are tuning in literally all over the world today. I'm amazed at how you have blessed this series on prosperity, and I pray, Lord, that this wrap-up session for this area before we go into our next topic, Lord, that you will bless it and that, Father, you would anoint and bring me to speak about those things, Father, that will bless those who are listening in. Thank you, God, again, for what you've done and for the great plans you have to bless your people financially, and may they prosper in all things and be in good health, even as their soul prospers. All right, let's get right into today's teaching because there's really no way that I can sign off on this series on prosperity without talking about the legacy that we will be leaving. Recently, I've talked to a number of people about the legacy that they will leave, and some talk about a legacy as if it's something that's just simply a a tombstone with a couple words on it. Others will look at legacy and think of the blessings that they've been to other people and those that they've taught or helped. I know pastors want to have a legacy of leading people to Jesus and to have taught the Word of God and to be faithful to their church. So whatever legacy that you're working on today, I believe that in the area of finances, in financial prosperity, we can leave a great legacy of generosity. So let me just kind of get into this and see where the Lord takes us. You know, there have been so many books written on the subject of leaving a legacy. Our legacy is what we hand down to others. Now, it can be distributed of personal property by the terms of a last will and testament or a trust, or it can be the way we lived our life. It can either be then a financial legacy or it can just simply be a legacy of good deeds and help and encouragement to other people. In speaking on prosperity, I felt that I needed to have a podcast on a legacy of generosity. Now, when we think of those who were examples of leaving this type of legacy, one that people remember and that blessed the lives of others, we think of those with the great names like David Livingston or William Carey or William Booth with the Salvation Army. And I could go on and on with the hundreds and even thousands of people who've had a great life of generosity, not only financially, but also in their talents and their abilities to help out and reach out to others. Now, these individuals were never able, most of them, to leave large amounts of money or even their possessions, but they will always be remembered as some of the most generous people to ever walk this earth. They gave the most valuable possessions they owned. They gave their life and time to help others. Now, we know that we all possess the same amount of time each day. Some will live longer than others, therefore having more days to leave a legacy of generosity. 
As we think about the 24 hours that we all have to live each day, we should ask ourselves a simple question. How will we use those hours? The use of our time will determine our desire to be generous to others or not to be generous. Now don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. A legacy of generosity is not determined only by how much time we spend with others each day. Our legacy is determined by how much we benefit others with the time that we spend with them. You know, after 20 years of pastoring, I discovered that those who are the busiest always seem to have time to do something for others. There's an old saying that says, if you need something done, find someone who is busy. Conversely, those who have ample free time may not make themselves available to help others. Now at church, I always looked for hardworking people to help us with the things we needed to accomplish. Those who have a desire to leave a legacy of generosity need only to look at the Word of God to find examples of how to live our life or live the life that God wants us to live. We can learn how to use our time and possessions, our finances, in the way the Lord intended. The apostles, now they gave up businesses or families to follow Jesus. King David in the Old Testament, we read about him. He spent the final years of his life acquiring what was needed for his son Solomon so that Solomon could build the first temple of God. It's interesting to think that David worked so hard that his son could have the honor of completing the temple. Now the Apostle Paul traveled in hardships to reach out to the Gentiles. He, he was often beaten. Matter of fact, he was jailed and he lacked food. He was put in prison all over the place and beaten to the near end of his life. And often he did not even have a roof over his head. Yet he never allowed his lack of money or possessions to keep him from leaving a legacy of generosity. Now I know I've talked a lot about a legacy, leaving a legacy of generosity, dealing with our time and our talents and our ability and our love for others and a desire to help other people. So I wanna talk a little bit now about the desires that we need to have about leaving a legacy from our financial prosperity and being known as a generous person who gave of their finances willingly. As soon as I think about people who were successful financially, I think of the name John D. Rockefeller. He was one who left an amazing legacy of financial generosity. He gave unprecedented amounts of money to charities, and he funded medical research in hospitals all over this country. You know, the work that he did in improving public health reached literally around the world. Before I studied his life, I thought that his legacy was only to being wealthy to his family and giving money to his family and that he basically became the wealthiest man in the world at one time. And I thought, well, he just got a lot of pride and happiness in that. But in reality, Rockefeller, in the later years of his life, became one of the most generous people in the world. And his generosity went way outside of his family circle. And his generosity was in the giving of the financial prosperity that he had attained. So I'd like to challenge you, those of you who have a goal of financial prosperity, when you get there, when you achieve that goal and receive that financial prosperity that you desire, be sure that it includes a legacy of giving of what you've received to others so that you can be known as a person who was generous, not only with their time, with their talents, but also with their finances. I believe if we do that, God's heart will be turned to those with a generous heart. 
Another individual that stands out to me is Andrew Carnegie. He became wealthy as the founder of the Carnegie Steel Company. Now, in today's dollars, that would be in today's dollars, 2021, he would be worth about $300 billion. That would make him the wealthiest man on earth. Now, during the last 20 years of his life, Carnegie gave away over 90% of his wealth to charities, foundations, universities, churches. In 1889, Andrew Carnegie wrote an article proclaiming the gospel of wealth. He wrote it so that he would encourage the wealthy to create a wave of philanthropic activities in America. Now, many people believe that from Carnegie's generosity, America became the most generous nation ever to exist. Now, none of us may ever have the wealth of Rockefeller or Carnegie. However, to leave a legacy of generosity is not limited to leaving great amounts of money. When it comes to thinking about money, there's a very important item we need to think about. It's something that is so crucial in our financial giving. And it's that it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. If a man is extremely wealthy and he gives $100 somewhere, it's really not much of a sacrifice. But if a person has a net worth of $1,000 and they give $100 of that, it is a sacrifice. So I believe sacrificial giving has nothing to do about equal giving, but it has everything to do with sacrificial giving. Now, the Bible talks a lot about sacrificial giving. It talks a lot about giving, about generosity, about finances, about prosperity. So if we want to look up scriptures relating to leaving a legacy of financial generosity or any type of form of generosity, it's easy to find them. One of my favorites is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. I'm reading this one out of the New King James Version. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So there's a real blessing when we're content with what we have and thankful to God for what he's provided. I believe that that verse tells us that we will gain more when not driven to always get more and always want more and never being satisfied with the blessings that God has poured out upon us. We need to leave a legacy of contentment and trust in God's plan for us and for others. Then we will receive, that scripture says, great gain. Now another scripture I use quite often is found in the book of Proverbs and it's found in 13.22. This one is also in the New King James Version. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Now from that verse, we can understand and realize that what we have now is temporal. But what we leave to others will last from generation to generation. You know, many men work very hard to provide a better life for their, their wife and their children than what they had when they grew up. I know I did. I wanted my kids to have better opportunities maybe than I had. I wanted them to come to know Jesus Christ sooner in their life than I did. I was 25 years old when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Both of our children became followers of the Lord Jesus Christ when they were in their teens. My wife accepted Jesus when she was 25. So we feel like our kids had a benefit of at least 10 years of being a Christian to help them in their life as they went through life. And so I was happy that that happened. And it's really nice when you can see that greater things are happening to your kids earlier than they happen to you. I wanted both of my children to prosper financially. I wanted them to have a strong relationship with the Lord. And I knew when it came time for them to look for a mate for the rest of their life, 
that they would find a godly person. And thankfully, our son married a wonderful Christian girl and our daughter married a truly wonderful Christian man. So we thank the Lord for that. And I believe that is prosperity in that your children now have prospered. I think I need to change this teaching just kind of a little radical and maybe give you a step-by-step guideline of how we can have a legacy of financial generosity. You know, it's one thing to desire it. It's another thing to think it would be nice. It's another thing to believe that it can happen in your life. So I believe that. I believe it can happen in your life and that you can gain a blessing financially. And I believe that you can leave a legacy of financial generosity to your children. And as that scripture said, to your children's children. So let me give you, I think I've got five or six steps or so. Let's just see where we go from here. First of all, become a giver of your finances to your church. I believe that's always the most important step that we can take when it comes to seeking God's direction in our finances or in really any area of our life. We need to become a giver of the money that we have to our church. Now, if you don't have a lot and you're not making a lot, then we can still give a portion of what we have to the work of the Lord. When we give to the work of the Lord, we're basically saying, God, I trust you with all my heart. I lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge you. And you know, when we do that and we put God first in our finances, I believe we truly get attention from our Heavenly Father. I believe that he wants to bless those who are faithful. I believe he wants to bless those financially who are financially committed to bless the work of the Lord. So the first step, I believe, in being able to leave a legacy of financial generosity, just to repeat it, is to become a giver of our finances to our church. Now, number two, whenever we give financially to our church, we must avoid the thought of what's in it for me. Now, I've written on this topic because I truly believe there's a lot of misunderstanding about giving. I believe there's a lot of misunderstanding and bad teaching when it comes to the motive of giving. The Bible tells us we have not because we ask not. But then it goes on to say that sometimes when we ask, we ask with wrong motives, that we can just spend it on ourselves and just be kind of greedy and self-centered. That's kind of my translation, if you will, receive that. But you know, it's important to understand that Thinking about what's in it for me when we give is a violation of God's blessing for us. I feel so strong about that that I wrote in a book about a year or so ago entitled Generosity, What's in it for me? And it was kind of a play on words where people can look at generosity and say, well, that's exciting, that's interesting. But then we stop and think, what's in it for me? You see, when we have a financial blessing, many times the goal to get that financial blessing was incorrect. We wanted the blessing so that we could have more for ourselves. When in reality, when we get a blessing that's ordained by God, blessed from God, comes from God, and God is our source for that financial blessing, we should always provide from that financial blessing by giving to others, starting first with our church. I believe that. You see, a lot of folks think about what's in it for me on every area of life. Some give money to the church thinking they're going to get a huge check in the mail back and that's what's in it for them. I've had others even tell me things like, well, I give to the church because I'm trying to make sure that God will be pleased with my works here on earth and that this is kind of maybe a down payment towards getting to heaven. I've literally had people look at me and say, when they've given their gift to the work of the Lord, they'll hand me their tithe check and say, this is my entrance fee into heaven. I want to be sure that I keep that paid. 
When we think like that, we're very confused. When we think like that, we're missing out the point for generosity. Generosity should have no strings attached. You see, when God blesses us, He receives us into His household. We become His children, His sons and daughters. He does it without contingencies. He does it stating, I'll receive you just as you are. He won't say, well, okay, I'll receive you if you do this and if you do that and if you do this. No, He gives us the opportunity to surrender our life to Him. He's generous and forgiving us of our sins, so generous that He gave His only begotten Son. And the Bible says that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the ultimate act of generosity. But when God did that, the only condition He wanted attached to that was that we would surrender our lives to Him, that we would ask for forgiveness of our sins and give our life to Him. That's it. That's the only requirement that God had. He wanted us to receive His blessing. But we've got to, in our own life, in our own finances, we've got to stop thinking about what's in it for me. When we think about doing something kind or making a donation to the church or a donation to a charity or reaching out and helping someone financially. Step number three is start thinking, what can I give from what I have to help others? That's a nice statement because when you think of that, when you think of that statement, you're basically saying, I don't have to be rich in order to be able to bless someone, even financially. I can give from what I have. It's so important to remember the stories in the Bible where a small financial gift turned out to be one of the greatest gifts that Jesus talked about that. Remember, I told you about it in a prior podcast, the widow's might. She gave a couple of pennies to the work of the Lord, and Jesus said, this is the greatest gift that's been given here today, as he was watching others giving their gifts you know, to the church and to him and for the things that he was going to do here on earth. It's so important that we understand that we need to start thinking, what can I give from what I have to help others? You see, if we're not willing to start from what we have, we probably will not give when we get more money later in life. Reminds me of a story of a young man who told me, he says, I want to be blessed in my office and my business and I want to, want to see God's blessing come upon me that I can give money to the church because as soon as God blesses me financially, I'm going to start tithing. And I would stop him and say, wait a minute, just a second. Don't wait and make a condition on God blessing you in order to give tithe. That's not the game plan. We should start with what we have. Take what we have and give a portion of it to others and to the work of the Lord. I believe we need to do that. If we are that way and we start giving in those small amounts, then we'll be faithful in larger amounts. It reminds me of another story of when my children were growing up. We always told them, whenever you get something, you should give back to the Lord and bless the work of the Lord. I can remember when our daughter was in a car accident. It was a minor accident, but one where her car was damaged and she was hurt a little bit, but not, not badly. And she received from that accident, this goes back quite a few years, she received a check from the insurance company for $5,000. And she, when she got the 5000 she ran up to me and she says, Dad, Dad, look, look what happened. Look what I got. And I looked at it and I said, oh, that's awesome. So what are you going to do with it? And she says, well, first of all, I'm going to be thankful to God for providing this. So I'm going to give $500 of this $5,000 to the church so I can be thankful to God and bless the church. And she didn't think about, I want a new dress, or I want new shoes, or I want this, or I want that. I'm sure later on she thought, well, I'm going to spend the rest of this money on things that were nice and things that she had been hoping to get. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when she received her financial blessing from the Lord, the first thing she did was take something right off the top. And I was so proud of her and so thankful she did it. Then my son later in life sold a house. 
And when he sold a house, he made a wonderful profit. And he looked at me after he made the profit. He was married by then and they had some couple of kids. And he looked at me, he says, Dad, this is so exciting because I made this much money on the house. And he says, I can give a check for this amount. And he gave me a check for several thousand dollars. And he said, this is only 10% of the profit that I made on the home. And he was so excited to be able to give back to the work of the Lord a financial blessing that came from God and he wanted to honor God with that. I believe he left a legacy of financial generosity just as my daughter left a legacy of financial generosity. Today, both of them believe in tithing and I thank the Lord for that. Step number four, little step that I kind of wrote these out earlier and thought you might be blessed by them. Think of others as being more important than yourself. The Bible teaches us that. What that means is that when you receive a financial blessing, think that others are more important than you are. Because if you do that, you'll be willing to bless them. You'll be able to reach out and help someone, whether it be of your, with your talent or your wisdom or your understanding or the things that you've gained in life, whether they be financial or not. Always think of others as being more important than yourself. When we put others first, God will bless us. I believe that. I believe it's a true statement and one that I've seen a blessing fall upon those who practice that. Let me give you another one here, number five. As much as it depends with you, be at peace with others. Now, there's a, that's another scripture, but let me just, let me kind of talk about it. Let me paraphrase that. What I think what it means is, as much as it depends with me, I need to be at peace with other people. Now, why is that important to financial success and financial prosperity and leaving a life of, of financial generosity and having a legacy of that? The reason I believe that is because we need to be peacemakers. We need to know that if we're in a dispute with someone, the Bible tells us to settle this dispute quickly. And as, if, if we truly go by this phrase, as much as it depends on me, be at peace with others, you'll have a peace that passes all understanding. You'll have a peace that helps you to make good decisions when challenges face you and you run into difficulties between you and someone else or maybe a boss or or a friend or something where the friendship is being tested. It's crucial for us to understand that as much as it depends on us, we need to be at peace with others so that we can think properly. We can pray for them. We can pray for those who even despitefully use us, the Bible says to do. So if you want to be blessed financially and receive financial prosperity, I believe that concept is crucial to always think of others as being more important than ourselves. Here's another one. I think it's number six. Remember, our legacy depends on how we treat everyone else. You know, when I was growing up, my mom and dad would always say to me, you should treat others the way you want them to treat you. And I thought, yeah, 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 right, right, right. But you know, that's so true. If we treat others the way we want to be treated, then we'll look at our reactions and our actions towards others differently. Remember that our legacy depends on how we treat everyone else. Do you want to be remembered as a person who is nice and kind and that people like to be around? Or do you want to be known as the person that no one wanted to talk to, people avoided? We've all had times in our life when we maybe had some conflict with someone. And we might see them at a store or at a restaurant or maybe even at church. And we're thinking about the disagreement we had with them. And we kind of maybe want to avoid them and stay away from them because we just don't want that to come up again. But in reality, we should go up to that person and look at them. And if there's been a problem in the past, you can just look them in their eyes and say, I'm really sorry. If I've done anything or said anything that has been wrong to you, if I've 
made you angry or upset, I'm so sorry. I ask you to please forgive me. And if we settle that dispute quickly, if we settle that disagreement quickly, then our legacy, that part of our legacy will be healed and be restored. When I bring up this topic, I have to bring up my dad. I like to bring him up a lot because he made such an amazing impact on my life. My dad was known as a person who was a peacemaker. I know he loved it when he read in the Bible and it says, as much as it depends on you, be at peace with others. And I know he loved it when it says, remember, our legacy depends on how we treat everyone else and, and that we should think of others as being more important than ourselves. He loved those things. And I believe because of that, no, he did not leave a huge financial legacy that he could pass on, but he left something even greater. He left a legacy of forgiveness and kindness and a life of peace. And even though he didn't have a financial blessing, what he gave me helped me to receive financial blessings. He showed me how to be at peace. He taught me how to settle disputes quickly. He showed me to be a peacemaker. When he did, it impacted my life. So later on, when I had my own business, I applied those principles and I found out that I was getting blessed financially and in all areas of my life. And so I thank God for my dad and I thank the Lord for giving that instruction to us in his word that we should always think of others, be peacemaker, and just wait and see, God's gonna bless us. I think the last point I'm gonna make in this, I think it'd be point number seven. It says, how do you want to be remembered? When I said it says, cause I'm taking that out of the book that I've written entitled Generosity, What's In It For Me. How do you wanna be remembered? Be that kind of person today. However you wanna be remembered as or for, be the kind of that kind of person today. Be that person that you think is someone that would be kind and loving and giving and thoughtful and a blessing to others and that people don't avoid but that people see you and they smile and they want to come next to you and talk to you and they just like being around you you know there's just some people that you like being around i know at our church there's some people some dear friends of ours that when i walk up to them i just feel happy before they say anything they're just great people that's who my dad was and that's who we can be and so when it comes to leaving a legacy of generosity then we need to remember that we need to be the kind of person that we like in other people. Whatever high qualities you see in someone else, ask for that in your life. Ask God to bless you for that in your life. And then you too can receive a legacy and be known as a person who was a kind person, a generous person, a person that understood what generosity was. Whether you had money or not, we can leave a legacy of generosity to others. I hope that you received something from us today. I pray that you were blessed by it and that it touched you and helped you. I need to tell you that some of the things I taught about today, I've taken out of the book that I've written entitled Generosity, What's In It For Me. So if you'd like to get that book, obtain that book, you can go to my webpage, which is davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you pull that up, you'll see references to several books that I've written, Area of Finances, there's one book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. In addition to that, when you get to my webpage, you can click on to and sign up to a monthly newsletter that I'm putting out, which has to deal with our finances. And I am also have instructions on there on memos and things that I've written and articles I've written dealing in the area of finances. So I pray that that'll be a blessing to you. So before I wrap up this podcast today, I'd like to talk a little bit about the upcoming new series I'm going to go into. The next series is going to be involving faith. I'm going to talk about the subject of calling forth those things that are not as though they are. I'll be using 
the book I've written entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. The teaching is based upon God's conversation with Abraham. Abraham and Sarah could not have children, but God looked at them and said, you'll be the parents, he told Abraham, you'll be the father of many nations. And Abraham and Sarah thought, yeah, right. And I know that Sarah laughed about it and Abraham questioned it. Well, wouldn't have you thought that that's kind of crazy? They were in their 90s and the thought of they would start having children and be the parents and he would be the father, Abraham would be of many nations. There was a lot of questions. And so Paul wrote about it in the book of Romans. And he, in there, he talks about the importance of believing for those things that are not as though they are because like what God did for Abraham when there was basically no life and he brought life from that, from something that wasn't, he brought it and brought it to pass. It really inspired me. And so I wrote a book on it and some of the topics that we'll be discussing, and I'll just read a couple of them to you, would be faith plays a vital role in life. Another one will be avoid the victim mentality, thinking that you can never gain anything or never have any success in your life. Another topic we'll be discussing in the podcasts are, are to anticipate joy, to be believe that God believes in us and to evaluate that there were defining moments in our life when God gave us faith for a certain area. I'm going to talk about how God gives us the promise of being able to overcome the obstacles of life. And we'll also talk about defining moments and the new challenge and it's all in the blood. And we'll talk about the best is yet to come. All these will be podcasts that will basically be based on the book that I've written. And as the Holy Spirit leads me, I'll be teaching from them and using the scriptures. And I believe that it will be a blessing to you. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it because I believe in faith and I believe that God wants our faith to increase. He's given all of us a measure of faith. I'm sure most of us would love to see that faith increased. Now, if you wanna go back in these series on my podcast on finances, there's over 60 podcasts dealing with finances, how to get out of debt, to understand prosperity, to understand generosity, and all those are in there. So you can pull those up if you'd like. And from there on the podcast that I've written, if you're interested in subscribing to my podcast, you just need to go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. As we move out of this area of finances and move into this next area of teaching, it's based on helping us to live a quality Christian life. That's the name of my podcast, and I believe in that. We're going to get into faith and talk about that. Then we're going to go over and understand the topic of generosity a little bit. I want to get back into that maybe in a couple of months or so, but I believe God has a plan for this podcast to reach out to people, and I believe that they can be blessed. I know God has blessed my wife and I, and I've been so happy to have these podcasts through CPN shows. So I hope that as we change topics, you'll stay with us and invite your friends to join us on my podcast entitled Quality Christian Living. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled How to Increase Our Faith. So until next time, may God richly bless you.